0: Our scripture reading for this afternoon comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 7. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. However, there is not in everyone that knowledge, for some with consciousness of the idol, until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. You may be seated.
1: All right, put your seatbelts on, because we're going to move quickly, and there's a lot, of, a lot of things for us to discuss. Social media, technology, and mental health in a sermon. In Second Chronicles, you know, there's the, there's the time where David is, uh, David's been anointed as king and it's time for excuse me first chronicles and it's time for it's approaching time for Saul to be pushed aside and for David to start being king and the the mighty men the chapter describes the mighty men come to David's support they come to David's side they come to David's aid And as you read 1 Chronicles chapter 12, it'll go through a list of uh, the mighty men from the tribe. It just sort of clumps them with the tribe. But it talks about kind of the contribution that, that the mighty men from each of those tribes had toward making David king and setting Saul aside. And one particular tribe, it was said of them that they were men understanding the times, understanding the times, to know what Israel ought to do, right? To know what Israel ought to do. And isn't that our challenge daily? Yes, to to know God's word, yes, to know the the, the foundations of, of Christianity, But to, as we mentioned this morning, live by faith, right? So to understand our culture and our society and the decisions that you and I have to make every day and the world that we're living in and make application of what we know, right? What we know about God, what we know that God expects from us, we have to make application of it In our current world. To make application of it. In our current world. We have to talk about. Social media. We have to talk about. Technology. And as we have been. We have to talk about. How those things impact. Mental health. Because. Right. We are navigating a world. Shaped by. Social media, technological advances. We have decisions that we have to make in order to be faithful to God with how we navigate these things, how we use these things, and how we live in the world that's shaped by these things. And they're impacting our, our mental health. And so we're also concerned because we want to be able to, well, to be the most effective parents of our children in a world shaped by social media and technology, we want to, to be able to serve and minister to one another in a world shaped by social media and technology. And the reality is that in the eight years leading up to the pandemic, in 2020, in the eight years leading up to the pandemic, there was an increase. In mental health issues over previous generations. In fact, in the eight years leading up to the pandemic, mental health issues, depression among teenagers and young adults especially, doubled. It doubled. So that upswing began in 2012. Guess what else? really became a a, a primary thing in 2012. 2012 was also the year, and and I meant, look at that, I don't even have my cell phone on me. 2012 was also the year that a smartphone was in just about every house in America. Now, It's not a direct one-to-one cause and effect, but it is the case that heavy social media use, right, and and, and the use of that, that phone constantly is associated with increased rates of anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. Prioritizing social media networking over physical and social interactions also increases the chances of various mood disorders, anxiety disorders, and other things. So for us to be able to navigate the world that we live in and to be men and women of understanding, right? that understand our times so that we can make application to making the decisions God would have us to make in our everyday lives. We need to talk about social media and technology. To do this, we are going to use the the word real or the idea of reality. And I'll tell you where I got this, this idea. Well, I'll tell you part of where I got this idea. I heard a comedian, a comedian that I won't mention because you shouldn't listen to him. But he was, he was amid some scandal um, in the past year um, because uh, of some, some accusations that were made against him being offensive. And he was really attacked on Twitter by a certain group um, and, and this is what caught my attention. His comment was, I don't care. Of course, he used some flowery language that we are not going to repeat. But he, he said, I don't care. Twitter is not a real place. And a part of me said, yeah, okay, that's right. But then I started thinking about that. And I started thinking about a number of young people that I've interacted with who have very real emotional, psychological symptoms because of things they've encountered on Twitter or because of other experiences on social media. And I thought, well, is it the case that Twitter's not a real place? is real? What is reality? And so there are three things relating, and we'll come back to that later, but there there are three things kind of about reality um, or using this word reality that I want us to talk about um, to kind of understand our times and make application of God's word to how we navigate this world that we live in. The first thing is The idea of unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Now, unrealistic expectations can be a very serious problem. In fact, they are one of the reasons why Jesus the Christ was rejected as the Messiah. And why the Jews, in spite of having seen him perform miracles, said, crucify him, crucify him. See, the Jews had the the expectations, right, that this Messiah that was coming would be like unto David. And and it was true that he would be like unto David and of that kingly line. But but see, they had all of these expectations about what to them a king should look like, who a Messiah should be. And when along came this, this carpenter, from this podunk town of Bethlehem. Right? Their expectations hindered them from seeing or accepting the reality that was before them, which was that this is Jesus, the promised Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one promised in the Old Testament, the fulfillment of prophecy, the one to whom they should bow and put their faith and put their trust. So there is a serious, serious problem with unrealistic expectations. And that's one of the problems with social media. That's one of the problems in in the world that we live in is that part of this, this effect on our mental health comes from the fact that Social media and our technology distorts our reality. It distorts it so that on the one side there's reality and on the other there's our expectations. So as an example, fairly, and I'll use this, it's kind of an extreme but but sadly not really. And that is pornography. So I noticed in the slideshow going through that, that your elders are interested in helping those who might deal with a pornography addiction. One of the problems with pornography is just this, that it sets unrealistic expectations. Now there are all kinds of other things, right? Right? but it sets unrealistic expectations. And marriage counselors will tell you that history of pornography viewing, not even addiction, but pornography viewing, sets up a couple for unrealistic expectations and causes strife and conflict in a relationship. Do you know that the average age of exposure to pornography is 10 10. And you say, okay, yeah, we get that that sets unrealistic expectations, but what does that have to do with social media and technology? Well it has everything to do with, with technology because it's so accessible. It's there for anyone to see at any moment. And and our young people especially just it's just there. And it's accessible. And everyone can view it. But even. But even on social media. Even on social media platforms. There is pornography. I was working with a a teenager. Not even graduated high school yet. Who had gotten caught up in pornography. Going all the way back to when he was 11. And. Blocks had been put on his phone, but he said, I found out how to get to it through YouTube. You know, YouTube is, I mean, YouTube is, has, has the potential to be great. I mean, um, I had to, to do some work on my car. I'm not a mechanic, but, you know, I pulled up a YouTube video, and they showed me exactly what to do, and I did it myself. YouTube is the most common social media website used by young people and there it is, right? There it is. There are even social media sites now where people are making money by posting, creating their own pornographic content and charging people for access to it. So, just saying, as an example, right? There are, there are unrealistic expectations that are set up by our social media and technology. And, you know, there are... But it doesn't have to go to that extreme. I mean, there's this thing called filters, right? And so, young ladies in particular are following... They're following influencers on social media, and all of the their posts are they're staged and they use filters and and yet if you look at that day after day and repeatedly repeatedly then you get the idea that. That you're supposed to look like that and your life is supposed to look like that and, and, and you're supposed to be presented like that and then you, you realize that you can't live up to those standards, those standards of beauty or those standards of lifestyle or, and, you, and you just can't keep up and, well, no wonder they're depressed. No wonder they have uh, issues of self-esteem and it's an unrealistic expectation that's set forth. And this idea of needing to needing to keep up and filtering everything. And so there is a sense in which, yeah, social media isn't real, Twitter isn't real. Because people's real lives aren't put out there. And so it distorts reality. We've got to be aware of that, right? And as we make application as Christians and we think about navigating this world, we've got, to, we've got to be able to look at and go, okay, what is real? What is reality? What, what is it that sets my, my standards? What is it that I should be measuring myself against? What is it that I should be responding to? The second thing that social media technology impact our our mental health is it it reconstructs reconstructs our reality now what does that what does that mean well if you if you look at at technology just in general and you say how have our lives changed? How has the world changed since the light bulb? Since the automobile? Since, right, I mean, since all the medical advancements, right? Even though Solomon says that there's no new thing under the sun and we know what he's talking about, there are there 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 are changes. It, it, there are things that they get repackaged, right? And there are many ways in which the world that you and I are currently navigating is different from the world that people were navigating 20 years ago. And there are ways that that's different from the world people were navigating 50 years ago and 100 years ago. And the the primary thing that is shaping the current world that you and I live in over the past 10 years has been social media and technology. Rapid change, right? I mean, just rapid change. So much so that our ethics, right? Our ethical discussions have struggled to keep up with how we should use certain technologies as a people, right? And what are the ethics of this or that? Because it's just blown right past that. But, but what does that mean for, for our mental health? Well, it means, man, the world is a stressful place. Because change is stressful. Good change and bad change, it doesn't matter. Change is stressful, and, and so as we talked about this morning, just developing coping skills to be able to keep up with the stressful changes. As a parent, this, the, the, the culture in which we live and this, this ever-changing pace scares me to death because there are moving targets now. Right? What world do I prepare my 13-year-old for in 5 or 10 years? I have no idea because of how rapidly technology and social media are changing things. How many of you have heard the acronym FOMO? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. That is, got to check your phone every 30 seconds, right? Because maybe you missed an email. Maybe you missed a text message. Maybe you missed somebody posting something. Maybe you, what what does that have to do with, what does that have to do with Scripture? What does that have to do with Bible, you know, in Psalm 46 and verse 10, the psalmist says, and this is only one of many places, be still and know. Be still and know. Be still and know what? Be still and know what so-and-so posted on Twitter. Be still and know what's... No. No. See, Isaiah says in Isaiah 40 and verse 31... Those that wait upon the Lord. And the psalmist says in Psalm 119 verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts. See, one of the the challenges to to our mental health and even our faithfulness as Christians comes in the fact that we have this fear of missing out. We have something to distract us constantly and entertain us constantly. And there's constant information coming at us, constantly that we have uh, access to. And we don't pause, and we don't stop, and we don't meditate, and we don't wait upon the Lord. We're just in this snowball of rapid ever changing information just constant and so we, we have to wait upon the Lord we have to be still and know it's a lot like Martha in Luke chapter 10 do you remember this Jesus is, uh, is at the home of Mary Martha and Lazarus and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his teaching while Martha is distracted according to verse 40 According to verse 41, she is anxious and troubled about many things. Think about that for a minute. Doesn't that describe our world? Doesn't that describe this this double, uh, this increase in depression and anxiety? Troubled about many things. Verse 42, right? There's only one thing that's necessary. One thing that's necessary, which was what Mary was doing in verse 39. Sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to his teaching. But this is the world that we live in. It's throwing constant information at us. We have access in the palm of our hands to TV shows and movies. And it's just so much distraction. From what is most important in our lives. But that's the reality we live in. That's the, that's the world that we live in. It's, it's, it's no longer the case that families sit on the front porch in the evenings. There's just such a different pace. Most of the research that I looked at in preparation for this looks at the number or the like the number of hours of screen time or uh, how much time a day people report being on social media and and it shows that the more people are on social media the heavier the use the greater the likelihood of these increased mental health issues and but there's a there's another thing aside from the bulk of that research and one researcher pointed it out, he, he likened it unto sugar. You know, if we were going to study the impacts of sugar on people's lives, we would, we would look at people who used sh- sugar products and people who didn't. That'd be where we'd start, right? we do the same thing with social media. Who uses social media and who doesn't? And then we... But, but then we'd go, okay, well, how much sugar do the people that consume sugar use? You say, okay, one sugary drink a day or two or three. And then we look at heavy use versus light use and so forth. But there's something else with regards to social media and technology that that doesn't take into account. And that is that even if you choose not to use social media, you are still affected by it. Because it is shaping the culture, the society, the environment in which you live, in which you work, in which you go to school. For example, you can can take a young lady, teenage girl, who has a higher risk of, um, of, of mental health issues because of that, um, uh, that fear of missing out or, or, or other things due to heavy social media use. And you can cut off her social media use. You can say, no, we, we, there, there's some dangers there. We don't want you exposed to certain things. We don't want you to, to have to deal with that. We want you to live in the real world. But what may happen is that you may isolate her then from her peers. Her primary peer group. Because most of them may be communicating with one another through social media. See, it's changing the world we live in. It's changing our culture. It's changing our society. It's changing our definition of community. Because... For most of us, you know, traditionally, community was the place you lived. The people you, you associated with, the people that came around you when you needed support and you needed help. For most of us, our community was the congregation that we attended. But our world is being shaped into this community is a digital thing. And people connect with a community... That's not located here necessarily. Now this is a lot different than what we talked about the last time I was here. And there there aren't a whole lot of do this, do this, do this, do this steps. And part of that is because this is new. Relatively. Relatively. And we don't have the answers. How are you supposed to to deal with this? But these are the things we have to think about and talk about. We have to think about and talk about this as a church. And we have to think about this and talk about this with regards to, uh, you know, our evangelism. And, and, you know, over the past two years, so much content has been produced by churches to go on Facebook and social media and and websites and, and all of those things. And so we have to talk about, and we have to navigate, we have to to figure out how how this is impacting our times so that we can know what we ought to do about it. What do we do in our homes? what do we do in our churches? The third thing in this impact is not only does this distort reality and set those unrealistic expectations and reconstruct reality so that it's changing our culture and our society. But it it can create multiple realities. I'm gonna go a little science fiction on you for a minute. And this is going to lead into what we're gonna talk about this afternoon um, in our next session. How disconnected are we as a society, as a culture? How disconnected even have we been as the church sometimes over the past couple of years with the pandemic? And we've been able to use some social media and technology to keep us connected. But the irony of the social media and technology thing that helps us communicate right i mean it 's amazing. I can stay connected in many ways uh, to to people all over the world, you know keep up with people I went to school with that are now in other parts of the country, or you can get an update from what 's going on in the in the Ukraine. but the irony of that is that we are also so disconnected we sit in our homes right let's take a family of five everybody has a smartphone or an iPad or some kind of device or we all have a TV right and we've got all these streaming services and so you're going to have five people In the same house, you're going to have five people in the same room consuming very different entertainment, taking in very different information, right? We're disconnected. So if I open up my Facebook feed, (laughs) it's kind of weird, um, because you'll find um, some churches that have posted their worship service for today, right? Because I'm following some of them. And then you'll find some posts about kayaks. And you'll find some stuff about fishing. And you'll find some stuff about kayak fishing. And you'll find some stuff about jeeps. And, right, because there's these algorithms that pick up on the stuff that I'm interested in and then they keep feeding it back to me. Right, so I get this news feed that's personalized to me. Meanwhile, my wife, sitting on the other end of the couch because she can't stand to be too close to me, sitting on the other end of the couch, and she's flipping through her news feed. And there's embroidery, and there's uh, stitching, and there's vinyl designs for t-shirt making, and there's what's happening. We're in two different worlds, but we're in the same room. Think about that. How often does that happen? How often do we come together, even as a church, as a community of believers, but we're disconnected because we're living in different realities. We're we're living in different worlds, and and we're, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. And do we talk about? My wife and I talk about what I'm seeing on my newsfeed, what she's seeing on hers. Because other than that, we would be living in different worlds. And so having these conversations, because we 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 are by social media, we're disconnected. Two thousand eight study said that. High social media usage increases feelings of loneliness. And as people cut back on social media use, they reported feeling less lonely. It's in the name, though, right? Social. But the, world that we're, the world that we're living in is different. The world that we're living in is being shaped by... Social media by technology, and it's it's not it's not all bad. There are benefits. We are able to communicate and stay up to date around the world. We're able to uh, what a tool for evangelism to be able to put all of that content, to be able to 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 broadcast the gospel broadcast network, or or to to be able to just share all of that good information so instantaneously all around the world. That's a positive. To be able to find new friends and communities and network with people and and join or promote worthwhile causes and raise awareness to those things and um, seek to offer emotional support to others. Uh, the state of Alabama just, uh, I believe, looked at passing, or maybe they did pass, a law that opens up um, teletherapy or opens up the ability for myself as a licensed counselor to be able to practice across state lines. And part of that was made necessary because of technologies like Zoom, right? Well, if somebody in Georgia can see a therapist via Zoom in Georgia, why can't they see a therapist via Zoom in Alabama? So these technologies, I'm I'm not saying that they're all bad. There's positives to them. But we have to understand our times. We have to understand how they are shaping and creating the world that we live in. And we have to be intentional, more intentional than we ever have before. About getting out of our own little worlds. And connecting with others. And I think that's the biggest explanation of why there has been this increase in mental health symptoms from 2012 to the start of the pandemic. It's not a it's not people were on social media. It's people were dis people are disconnected from each other in ways that are truly meaningful and helpful, and productive. The passage in 1 Corinthians was read, verses 4 through 7. And there, the Apostle Paul is talking about whether or not those Christians should eat meat that's offered to idols. So, in their day, trying to understand their culture and their times, and make decisions had to do with all of the idolatry that was around them. And whether you should go to the grocery store and buy this meat that had been offered to an idol or not, right? Decisions, decisions, decisions. Our culture, right? Do I participate in social media or not? How do I participate in social media or not? How is social media and technology being used in the workplace and And at school, and and how is it impacting, and how do I navigate it? This is our eating meat offered to idols sort of decision moment, our culture around us. But one of the things that struck me interesting about that text is he says that an idol's nothing, right? We're talking about what's real, and we're talking about reality. An idol isn't real. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist, but then he says in verse 7, however, to some, to some it is real. To some, they can't, they can't eat that meat offered to the idol because they have, their, their conscience bothers them about it. Because, yeah, there isn't a real idol. It's not a real thing. But they used to worship those idols until they learned the truth. And there's concern about how others around them will see that, and right. So, I'm not I'm not promoting the postmodern idea of your truth and your truth and everybody just. But I'm saying there is a real sense in which, while you may say Twitter isn't real, there are other people who experience it as real. And this is what's happening is we're being divided up. And we've got to find ways to reconnect. Especially as the church. And not live in our own little worlds, but share our worlds with one another. We're going to offer an invitation And so this becomes very personal for each of us. Number one, what are you letting determine your reality? What are are you listening to to set your expectations? Number two, what what are you letting create the world that you live in? Stop just being on autopilot. Stop just letting the world be shaped and molded around you. Take an active role, right? You determine how you're going to engage with social media. You determine how your children are going to to learn and engage with social media, right? Let's, Let's, this culture and this society is being created around us, but as Christians, right, Let's not let it just shape and mold us. Let's respond to it. Let's be intentional. Right? Then number three. How intentional are you about sharing your world with others? How connected are you to other people? I know you've heard this, but The New Testament is filled with those one another commands. Love one another. Support one another. Encourage one another. Bear one another's burdens. It's just all there. Are you living in your own little world? Or are you intentional about this shared reality? that is so important and so meaningful for all of us to participate in. If you need to respond to the invitation, we encourage you to do so while we stand and sing.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.